Amo the Great. So today, music-wise, it's not a lot going on. It's a Thursday, so usually it's a lot of new drops on Friday. I don't see really anyone of, of substance or of big name that has music coming out. I think uh, I think Chance the Rapper has something coming out, but I don't think nobody really listens to that shit. I know I don't. No disrespect. Shit is kind of corny to me, but what we did have was a versus battle. We had some all-time greats representing the South. We had UGK, rest in peace to Pimp C, and A-Ball and MJG. Two of the more legendary Southern groups, and they went at it on Versus. I didn't really think Versus was going to keep going on once the world opened back up and COVID died down. But, you know, they they put on, they had a, a pretty good show. Um, it, it's, it's never going to be what it should have been without Pimp C. You know, Bun B was like, Bun B is like the skill out of UGK, and then Pimp C is like the heart and the passion. So you can't really recreate that with playing his verses or having someone else rap it or having Bun do it. So it wasn't what it could have been, but it was it was decent. A Bar and MJG tore it up, man. Them niggas, them niggas is legends. They really get slept on a lot. I grew up on they shit. And they really did their thing. I think that Bun B or, you know, the UGK team, the song selection was a little iffy for me, but he did a good job too, man. You carrying a two-man legendary group on your back by yourself against these these caliber rappers, and it was good. The problem I had with the versus battle had nothing to do with the music. You know, I don't think UGK or... A-Boy and MJG could play some music that I don't like. My issue with the versus battle was the venue. It was the crowd. If you want to call that a crowd. Because it was a packed house. If you watched, it was full of people. And the crowd was really like mannequins with chains on. The crowd was not engaged like the crowd at a UGK concert or an A-Bar and MJG concert would be. And I think that's because it was in Atlanta. And I know that might sound crazy because right now and really for like the last 10 years, the entire South been running rap music, but Atlanta in specific been spearheading it, putting out the most artists. You know, it's where a lot of people are moving to. It's where, you know, these rappers from New York, from L.A., from Chicago, that's knee-deep in shit, Boosie. You know, they go there to get away from the hometown hatred. Atlanta's kind of like the black mecca. It's Tyler Perry Studios and Killer Mike and Home Outcast and all that. But the rap scene in Atlanta is different than the rest of the South. And I can even remember one point when Pimp C was alive, he had stirred up some shit saying that he didn't consider Atlanta to be the South. And I definitely... And I think most people do consider Atlanta the South. Pimp C just used to say shit because that was Pimp C, man. Rest in peace again to him. But Atlanta is really ran by young niggas. All the rappers, all the money, all the street-related shit, it's young niggas. It's been that way. If you've been through Atlanta, 
you know what I'm saying? And you done more than go on Peachtree or, you know what I'm saying? The touristy shit. If you've been around the city and stuff, if you might have been through, you know, some parts like you've been through East Point or you ran around, you know what I'm saying? Different little sections of Atlanta, you'll, you'll understand what I'm saying. Atlanta is a city that the young niggas run. And being it's the South, I, I assume that a lot of the young niggas know the music, but they probably didn't grow up on it. Because just, you know, time-wise, their parents probably probably heard it growing up. Their parents probably slapping it. But they weren't. A lot of them aren't going to be direct fans of these two great groups. And what we got for that was really good performances, great songs from amazing legends and rap music, and a half-dead crowd. Because one thing about Atlanta, they're going to show up for a party. Atlanta will show up for the party. They're going to show up where it's going to be hella people, where it's lit, where it's the place to be. Everybody won't be seen. But then they get in the venue, and it was kind of like I was performing. It was like I was performing in front of a whole bunch of people that don't know who the fuck I am. I think that the reception, I think the visual, the audio, the respect, it would have been a lot better had they done the verses in New Orleans. And... A-Bone MJG's from Memphis, and, you know, uh, UGK is from Port Arthur, Texas. A lot of people just say Houston. Let's round it off to Houston. And I know you're thinking, like, what's New Orleans? Neither one of Well, it's kind of kind of in the middle, in between both. Uh, you got a lot of experience in New Orleans when it comes to the music. You know, New Orleans is based out of jazz. You got older rappers from New Orleans that dominated, of course, you know, Birdman, Wayne, P, No Limit, Cash Money, all these guys. If you local in New Orleans, DJ Jubilee, Mystical. But I think that New Orleans is a little bit more of a slower-paced city um, than Atlanta, so you don't have a city where the young niggas run it. I think if you had the event in New Orleans where... There's not as much to do, I'd say. You know, New Orleans is a fun city. It super, certainly is, but there's so much to do in Atlanta. Like I said, it's the scene right now. If you have in, in New Orleans, the people that show up for something like that is going to be more of the true fans. It's going to be more into it and interacting. It. You know, the artists, they always going to feed off of the crowd. So when the crowd's dead, it just kind of takes the life out of shit. And I think that's kind of what happened, but... I would have really liked to see a better showing from Atlanta when it comes to giving it up for these guys because they gave so much to the game. And I, and I really just didn't like seeing them dudes up there not really getting feedback, but everybody in the crowd dripped out and not doing shit, man. It was kind of fucked up. But, you know, maybe that'll be the end of verses. I hope it's not. I know everyone that's done it verses, usually older acts, that their catalogs get a nice spike. They start getting some checks in. And, you know, once you get a certain age in rap music, they act like you've never done nothing. So if you ain't actively selling music, you know, you don't want it to get hard out here on none of them. You don't want to fuck around and see one of these guys that you looked up at, you know, having to figure it out when they gave so much to the game. But shout out to UGK. You know, rest in peace, Pimp C. Shout out to Bun. And shout out to 8 Bun MJ. Sports like I like to do. 
Wasn't a ton going on today. You know, we kind of outside of football season. The NBA is winding down. Dog days of summer with baseball. Niggas don't watch hockey like that. No one cares about golf. But you had the Warriors close it out today. Close it out at home. Which I fully expected them to do. I thought they was going to sweep Dallas. But they closed, uh, closed Dallas out at home. So the Warriors is headed back to the NBA Finals. And they look like the team to beat. Said that a couple episodes ago. They play well together. They got their core, Steph, Clay, Draymond. And then, you know, they find great role players and they put them in the system and it works because you got a lot of greatness right there. They play defense. They play hard. They play with passion. They got a great home crowd. And once again, I'm going to pick Golden State to win the 2022 NBA championship sometime next month. The East is still to be decided, sort of. You got Boston up 3-2 to two against Miami. They play tomorrow, and I feel like Boston's going to close them out. If you've been watching the games, Miami looks tired. They look defeated mentally. They're still playing hard, but from the beginning, they had a lot of injuries. Uh, Boston's got more firepower on the offense, and, and they both play hard. That's the thing, like, Miami's a hard-nosed team, so if they play against a team that's more talented but they don't play hard, Miami can clip them. But Boston plays hard. They got a great coach, great front office. Jason Tatum's a star. Jalen Brown's doing his thing. Al Horford, old ass, is putting up numbers. Marcus Smart, flopping ass, is doing his shit. Like, I feel like Boston's going to take Miami out this this upcoming game, and we're going to have the Warriors against the Celtics. I'll tell you right now, I'm going to take the Warriors – in that series, I'm taking the seven games. And that's because of the toughness I was saying about Boston. Miami, I feel like, will have no chance against Golden State. They don't got enough offense. But Boston can score. You know, they get hot. They do their stuff, too. And they play good defense. The reason why I would take the Warriors still is because I saw Boston get smacked by Miami during the series. You know, one of the games they lost, they got smacked. And... That happens sometimes, you know, to good teams, but it doesn't really happen in the conference finals because everyone's locked in. And the way they got smacked, I can't see them being able to sustain over a seven-game series against all the firepower that the Warriors got. Steph Curry got his reins. He ain't got no MVP. If you're a real sports junkie and you do this back-and-forth GOAT debate and best shooter and all the shit, that's what a lot of people are going to use to say Steph ain't there yet is he don't have a finals MVP, but I think he's one of the greats already with or without it. I think he's going to get it this year. He got the conference MVP. I guess that's a new thing. I'm not even sure if he deserved it. Uh, I think Clay Thompson did his shit. I'm not saying he didn't deserve it, but I think Clay Thompson, John B looking ass, you know, did his shit. And Draymond, his number's always going to be ugly, but if he ain't on the floor, you know, it's a different team. Well, I'm looking forward to a more competitive finals. The conference championship has been kind of weak, kind of boring to me. So we'll see coming up shortly. The other thing we got going on in sports right now is in my city, Las Vegas, the Raiders gave Colin Kaepernick a tryout. And... Twitter has got something to say about it. You know, there's people on Twitter that hate Colin Kaepernick more than they do the school shooter because 
through their eyes, the school shooter committed one heinous act that took X amount of lives. But Colin Kaepernick is trying to infect the nation with anti-American rhetoric by kneeling seven years ago or whatever. Twitter's really pissed off that he got a trial with the Raiders. And I'm not sure if he's going to actually get picked up. If he does get picked up, they got a starting quarterback with a big contract. So I wouldn't expect to see him out there doing too much. But, you know, if he got to play some preseason games and show this shit off, he might be able to get a starting job one day again. I don't really feel like too many teams is going to fuck with him at this point. Regardless, if he came out, you know, lit it up. I just think they don't want the, the pushback from their fan base. And honestly, I'm not sure why he wants to play. I guess it's a passion of his. Like, if you've seen the miniseries they had on him on Netflix, he was a highly rated baseball player also. And, you know, if you know anything about sports and salaries, baseball players make significantly more money than other sports, you know, baseball and football, I'm sorry, basketball and football don't make anywhere near what the baseball players make. And you add to that, you don't have to risk a CTE. You don't end up 60 years old walking like you got rocks in your shoes and shit like some, some of the older basketball players do. But he wanted to play football. So it's a passion. I guess that's why he's trying to get back to the NFL still. But either way, he's left his mark. He left his mark on football because he actually took the 49ers to the Super Bowl when he played. They didn't win. They lost to my Ravens. Don't forget that shit. You know what I'm saying? But he took them. He did. And, um, you know, then the kneeling stuff happened, and he was doing it for his reasons, which I respect. But he's always going to be seen as, like, in the eyes of these people, he's, like, treasonous. You you understand how they shift the narrative on shit? Like, he kneels and he says, this has nothing to do with the military. I was actually told by someone in the military that this is a way of showing respect. He said that. And, of course, they said, he hates the military, hates the country. He's a terrorist. He's, you know what I'm saying? They start questioning his blackness, saying how he's raised by white people, saying his girlfriend is... Uh, insurgents or some shit like. And they just let that narrative go and go and go and go. And if you use your brain, I, I can't remember any time in my life where I've seen somebody kneel and that be a sign of disrespect. If you were, if you were in the grocery store, at the movies, the mall, whatever, and someone ran up to you and, kneel, and knelt in front of you, would you look at that like they were showing hatred towards you? No, I mean, that happened in Coming to America. Remember when they was at the uh, basketball game and the Africans popped up on Eddie? And he's like, I can't believe it. You're the king of Zuma. You know what I'm saying? He knelt. That's what Kaepernick was doing. But it's been politicized, so you can forget about making sense. They just going to run with it the way it is. But we'll see. We'll see if the Raiders pick him up. That'd be real good for him. You know, we're in the state of Nevada. A lot of people don't even realize Las Vegas is not a state, it's a city in the state of Nevada. And the other somewhat major city in this state is Reno, which is northern Nevada. Vegas is southern Nevada. Colin Kaepernick actually went to college in Reno, UNR. If you ever look at a sports schedule, they're just called Nevada. But he played for the Nevada Wolfpack, so it'd be sort of a homecoming for him. We'll see. What y'all think of this whole 
matching energy shit that everybody seemed to be on. So if you don't know, matching energy is basically like somebody does something wrong to you. It's like an eye for an eye or just dealing with people the, day, the way that they deal with you. And I see a lot of people are supposedly into it. I know it's just like a, you know, a saying and people jump on dick ride, whatever they're saying or the hot phrase of the moment is. But I've seen a lot of matching, matching energy in real life. So I know it's, it's a real thing. Me personally, my thoughts on matching energy, I'm not going to do it because if you're, if you're willing to match energy just to let someone feel towards you the way you feel towards them, then really you're compromising who you are. So it doesn't matter about any get back. The other person still has the control. And I'm not a control freak, but I don't want someone else to dictate my morals, the way I move, how I react. So meaning they don't know how to hold their tongue. So, you know, a lot of times people, when they get mad or when they get drunk, they just say the meanest, most hurtful shit that they can say. You know, they, they say whatever it is that they feel is going to hurt you or break you down just out of anger. And a lot of times it's going to be someone very close to you that's going to do it, of course, because why else are you getting that upset? So say it's, say it's somebody you dating and say my girl go off on me and get to calling me all kind of bitch-ass niggas and dusty motherfuckers and all this. I'm not going to really match that energy. I ain't going to get to call her raggedy bitches and all this other shit because that's not how I move normally. The whole idea behind that's crazy to me. It's like, it's like an extension of the keep up shit. So me personally, um, when it comes to matching energy and it's in a negative way, before I'm going to decide to match your energy, I'm going to move around. I don't know if you understand, but we're all individuals. Like none of us, none of us are the same as humans, people, whatever. None of us are the same as much as people wade, rive, and try and try and be like the latest style or whatever you want to call it. We're still all individuals. And I think a lot of people are afraid to be themselves because they, they understand that if you show the real you and someone doesn't like it, that means they don't like you personally. Just develop this persona and act like everybody else acts, talk how everybody else talks, and somebody doesn't like you. You could just say they're a hater. I'm lit. You're a hater. But it doesn't pass judgment on you personally. And, you know, we tend to hide the real us. It's a, and I don't mean to sound like a philosopher or nothing, but there's like some old Japanese credo or something that says, you know, that all humans have about three different faces. And it's like, the face they showed at their family, the face that they showed at their friends, and who they really are. And it says that most people will never share the third face. You have to understand, the majority of things that you do during the day, everybody, this is every person. The majority of the things that you do every day is mostly gonna be motivated by fear.
And I know you hear people say, I ain't, I ain't afraid of nothing but God. I, it's not the truth. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't fear another human, but why do I get up and hustle every day? Why do I try and find a way to make money? Because I fear not having it. I fear living a life I'm not able to provide for my family. So you might not think about it that deep, but they're just the facts. You know, Mike Tyson, one of the most feared boxers of all time, one of the most feared heavyweights of all time, knockout artist in his day, youngest world champion in boxing history, he's always said that his main attribute that helped him be as good as he was, was fear motivating him. Even if you watch like an old Rocky movie, you could hear Rocky, I think it was Rocky five or four, he's telling Tommy Gunn, hey, your best friend is named Frankie Fear, and but he's gonna help you in the ring. So fear actually helps you if you could channel it right. You know, we all got a fight or flight um, where when you're in a, a moment of decision-making, you'll either fight or you'll take off. And it doesn't have to be in an instant. The actual fight could be, like I said, the fear of not being able to provide. So some gets triggered, and this is a long-term fight. This isn't a three-round three MMA fight. This is the fight for your life. Even people that are well off. Why do you think that you see these multi-millionaires, billionaires, you know, all the Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos of the world, why don't they just sit on their ass and just do what they want? Why are they constantly moving forward? Well, part of it is that they're hella driven. Part of it is that it's an ego. If they sit back, then someone else might come up with the next Tesla or the next Amazon when they got a stranglehold on it now. So they'll work because they fear someone taking their place. And it doesn't matter how much money you have, that fear is always going to be there, especially in those of us that grew up without having a whole bunch. So I say all that to say the matching energy shit is a response to fear. It's a fear of losing someone close to you. It may be a fear of losing an argument. It may be a fear of feeling like somebody got the best of you, but it's a fear. So when your fight or flight kicks in, the flight would be to match the energy. And the fight would be to stand on your morals, to stand on your makeup and what makes you unique and to continue moving the way that you move, reacting how you react. Now, that's not to say let things slide off your back, but me, if I'm not the type of person that's extra dialed and gone, call people out their name because I'm mad and all that, I'm not going to let another person get me to that point. So, you know, if it's a guy and it's, it's a, you know, a threat, then we ain't going to do a lot of talking. We could just put him up, you know? If it's a woman, which you're not going to put him up with a woman, you could just go your separate ways. You could walk away. You don't got to engage. That's just my personality. And my personality doesn't change regardless of the room that I'm in. I could be with some day one homies that's 
working nine to fives and regular, and I'm gonna be the same person that I am in a room full of people that's doing a lot. I think that's why the people that I'm friends with or they consider me close, that's what they like about me. They know I'm the same. And when you have a pattern of behavior of being the same, it allows people to trust you. It allows people to understand you and they're more comfortable with you. And it works both ways because if you're a scumbag and you're a thief and everybody knows it, they know some shit get took at the party, you're going to be one of the first people that is going to be on the list of suspects. So just staying true to yourself, whether good, bad, right, wrong, or indifferent, is what makes you unique. So before you want to jump on the wave and match energy, just be you. Be yourself. If you don't know the name, I guarantee you know the face. Ray Liotta was a Italian actor. He's in a lot of the mob movies. Um, he was Henry Hill in Goodfellas. He was Boston George's dad in Blow. He was in a ton of shit, man. And just a great, great actor, man. You know, you see that gif all the time of him laughing real hard. That was a scene from Goodfellas. Passed away, 67 years old. You know, just a... um you know, a, a real icon in movies and really was a big fan of his, man. And, you know, rest in peace, Ray, man. You did a great job, man. We appreciate you. Outside of that, man, we going to wrap it up. Uh, looking at the calendar, we write about the end of May. Out here in Vegas, we're touching 100 degrees pretty consistently, so it's hot in a bitch. Some other places probably, you know, got the same thing going on and just want to Send a reminder out. Make sure you put deodorant on, man. Ain't no one got no time for you to be out here stinking. You know what I'm saying? You too old for that shit. Put some deodorant on. But make sure you wash your ass first. All my fat niggas, bruh. Fat nigga nation, man. Y'all make sure you get that left hand ready. Get that little towel, man. Keep it on tuck. You know what I'm saying? When it gets steaming, when it gets super hot out there, that sun beating on you, you have your little towel, man. You... Clean yourself up. You don't want to be dripping all over the place and shit. Ladies, y'all keep them wet wipes handy. Get up under them titties, man. It's going to be rough. It's going to be a hot summer. And to everybody, you know, summer summertime usually is like a upswing in violence. And, you know, the heat makes people aggravated is one reason. And also, it's a lot more partying going on. People outside more. It's backyard boogies. It's clubs is hanging out afterwards it's not you know it's not cold people out there so keep in mind man you know we've been in the, in the house for the better part of two years um this summer is going to be turned up this is actually memorial weekend coming up and it's always going to be some bullshit associated with memorial weekend it's like the first summer holiday so this year in particular keep your head on the swivel keep your temper in check don't trip over the small shit. Be safe and stay dangerous.